Chapter Two of A Prefect's Uncle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Prefect's Uncle by P. G. Wodehouse. Chapter Two Introduces an Unusual Uncle. On the following day at nine o'clock, the term formally began there is nothing of black monday about the first day of term at a public school black monday is essentially a private school institution at beckford the first day of every term was a half holiday during the morning a feeble pretense of work was kept up but after lunch the school was free to do as it pleased and to go where it liked the nets were put up for the first time and the school professional emerged at last from his winter retirement with his come right out to em sir right forward which had helped so many beckford cricketers to do their duty by the school and the field there was one net for the elect the remnants of last year's eleven and the probables for this season and half a dozen more for lesser lights at the first net norris was batting to the bowling of gosling a long thin day boy gethrin and the professional as useful a trio as any school batsman could wish for norris was captain of the team this year a sound stylish bat with a stroke after the manner of tidlesley between cover and mid-off which used to make miles the professional almost weep with joy but to-day he had evidently not quite got into form twice in successive balls gosling knocked his leg stump out of the ground with yorkers and the ball after that gethryn upset his middle with a beauty hat-trick norris shouted gosling can't see him a bit to-day bold bishop a second teaser from gethryn had almost got through his defence the bishop was undoubtedly a fine bowler without being quite so fast as gosling he nevertheless contrived to work up a very considerable speed when he wished to and there was always something in every ball he bowled which made it necessary for the batsman to watch it all the way in matches against other schools it was generally gosling who took the wickets the batsmen were bothered by his pace but when the mcc or the incogniti came down bringing seasoned countrymen who knew what fast bowling really was and rather preferred it on the whole to slow then gethryn was called upon most beckfordians who did not play cricket on the first day of term went on the river a few rode bicycles or strolled out into the country in couples but the majority amongst whom on this occasion was marriott sallied to the water and hired boats marriott was one of the six old cricket colours the others were norris gosling gethryn reese and pringle of the schoolhouse who formed the foundation of this year's eleven he was not an ornamental bat but stood quite alone in the matter of tall hitting twenty minutes of merit when in form would often completely alter the course of a match he had been given his colours in the previous year for making exactly a hundred and sixty-one minutes against the authentics when the rest of the team had contributed ninety-eight the authentics made a hundred and eighty-four so that the school just won and the story of how there were five men out in the deep for him and how he put the slow bowler over their heads and over the ropes eight times in three overs had passed into a school legend 
but today other things than cricket occupied his attention he had run wilson to earth and was engaged in making his acquaintance according to instructions received are you wilson he asked p v wilson wilson confirmed the charge my name's marriott does that convey any significance to your young mind oh yes my mater knows somebody who knows your aunt it is a true bill and she said you would look after me i know you won't have time of course i expect i shall have time to give you all the looking after you'll require it won't be much from all i've heard was all that true about you and young skinner wilson grinned i did have a bit of a row with a chap called skinner he admitted so skinner seems to think said marriott what was it all about oh he made an ass of himself said wilson vaguely marriott nodded he would i know the man i shouldn't think you'd have much trouble with skinner in the future by the way i've got you for a fag this term you don't have to do much in the summer just rot about you know and go to the shop for biscuits and things that's all and within limits of course you'll get the run of the study i see said wilson gratefully the prospect was pleasant oh yes and it's your privilege to pipe clay my cricket boots occasionally before first matches you'll like that can you steer a boat i don't think so i never tried it's easy enough i'll tell you what to do anyhow you probably won't steer any worse than i rose so let's go and get a boat out and i'll try and think of a few more words of wisdom for your benefit at the nets norris had finished his innings and pringle was batting in his stead Gethryn had given up his ball to baines who bowled slow leg breaks and was the most probable of the probables above mentioned he went to where norris was taking off his pads and began to talk to him norris was the head of jeffson's house and he and the bishop were very good friends in a casual sort of way if they did not see one another for a couple of days neither of them broke his heart whenever on the other hand they did meet they were always glad and always had plenty to talk about most school friendships are of that description you are sending down some rather hot stuff said norris as gethryn sat down beside him and began to inspect pringle's performance with a critical eye i did feel rather fit said he but i don't think half those that got you would have taken wickets in a match you aren't in form yet i tell you what it is bishop said morris i believe i'm going to be a rank failure this season being captain does put one off don't be an idiot man how can you possibly tell after one day's play at the nets i don't know i feel so beastly anxious somehow i feel as if i was personally responsible for every match lost it was all right last year when john brown was captain good old john do you remember his running you out in the charchester match don't said gethryn pathetically the only time i've ever felt as if i really was going to make that century by jove see that drive pringle seems all right yes you know he'll simply walk into his blue when he goes up to the varsity what do you think of baines ought to be rather useful on his wicket jeffson thinks he's good mr jeffson looked after the school cricket yes i believe he rather fancies him said morris says he ought to do some big things if we get any rain hello pringle are you coming out you'd better go in then bishop all right thanks 
oh by jove though i forgot i can't i've got to go down to the station to meet an uncle of mine what's he coming up to-day for why didn't he wait till we got a match of sorts on i don't know the man's probably a lunatic anyhow i shall have to go and meet him and i shall just do it comfortably if i go and change now oh right you are sammy do you want a knock samuel wilberforce gosling known to his friends and admirers as sammy replied that he did not all he wanted now he said was a drink or possibly two drinks and a jolly good rest in the shade somewhere gosling was one of those rare individuals who cultivate bowling at the expense of batting a habit the reverse of what usually obtains in schools norris admitted the justice of his claims and sent in a second eleven man baker a member of his own house in pringle's place pringle and gosling adjourned to the school shop for refreshment gethryn walked with them as far as the gate which opened on the road where most of the boarding-houses stood and then branched off in the direction of leicester's to change into everyday costume took him a quarter of an hour at the end of which period he left the house and began to walk down the road in the direction of the station was an hour's easy walking between horton the nearest station to beckford and the college gethryn who was rather tired after his exertions at the nets took it very easily and when he arrived at his destination the church clock was striking four is the three fifty six in yet he asked of the solitary porter who ministered to the needs of the traveller at horton station just to come in and now sir said the porter adding in a sort of aspired frenzy orton orton station orton and ringing a bell with immense enthusiasm and vigour gethryn strolled to the gate where the station-master's son stood at the receipt of custom to collect the tickets his uncle was to arrive by this train and if he did so arrive must of necessity pass this way before leaving the platform the train panted in pulled up whistled and puffed out again leaving three people behind it one of these was a woman of sixty approximately the second a small girl of ten the third a young gentleman in a top hat and eatons who carried a bag and looked as if he had seen the hollowness of things for his face wore a bored supercilious look his uncle had evidently not arrived unless he had come disguised as an old woman an act of which gethryn refused to believe him capable he inquired as to the next train that was expected to arrive from london the station-master's son was not sure but would ask the porter whose name it appeared was johnny johnny gave the correct answer without an effort seven-thirty it was sir except on saturdays when it was eight o'clock thanks said the bishop dash the man he might at least have wired he registered a silent wish concerning the uncle who had brought him a long three miles out of his way with nothing to show at the end of it and was just turning to leave the station when the top-hatted small boy who had been hovering round the group during the conversation addressed winged words to him these were the winged words i say are you looking for somebody the bishop stared at him as a naturalist stares at a novel species of insect yes he said why is your name gethryn this affair thought the bishop was beginning to assume an uncanny aspect how the dickens did you know that he said oh then you are gethryn that's all right 
i was told you were going to be here to meet this train glad to make your acquaintance my name's farney i'm your uncle you know my what gurgled the bishop your uncle un un c l e co uncle fact i assure you End of chapter 2